Welcome to the Phantom Zone. And now, comics. And welcome to And Now Comics. I am Lou Gonzalez. Joined with me is John Seiler. Hi. Connor Irving. Hello. And Ryan Fretz. Greetings. Um, so mostly we have like a normal news week, only a couple little things um, on here. Um, I guess the first one, there's like two of them that kind of connect. I will go through first. So apparently um, DC asked retailers to pull issue 33 of Supergirl and issue 14 of Superman um, from shelves. And then if you're able to get those copies, they're going for 40 to 50 bucks on eBay right now. And so DC said the reason they pulled them is because they erroneously had the like year of the villain dark gifts um like label on the covers and they shouldn't have. And of then course, because of course, because the only hot comics right now are comics that are like have like some kind of uh tie in. Like, not not tie in, but it's basically it's just like speculator market. Oh yes, yes, yes. Um the other thing though is the um, is that there is a possibility, which Newsarama, that's the last article I posted, says it might actually have to do with, because the other part of them is that they had um, like a preview for Legion, like Legion of Superheroes. And the, those are the reason, that's the reason why it got pulled, which in some ways makes more sense because I believe the Superman book is directly tied in to the Year of the Villain stuff because Lex is on the cover. So I don't know. It is interesting and it goes more to like what, what we what you brought up before john about like the kind of speculator market is been really gross um we talked about the whole naomi thing it's been particularly gross recently like i i feel like it's been like i don't know is it like it's this uh arms race for speculators to pick up books for the sole reason that a new character shows up within a book and it's like oh like you know in you know hold on by yeah, first appearance. Hold on to it for you know a couple of years. Hopefully they show up in a movie and then you uh, and then you so, sell it. And it's just like it's it's so gross. These people like don't want to buy comics because they love the story or love the art, love the creators. It's just like they want to buy it to make a quick buck. But these are also the same people who complain about you know uh, you know change in comics. So it's just like you know I don't know. Yeah, it's it's just like a wonky story. It's more interesting to me if it's like the why got pulled aspect of it. It sucks that they're selling for that much, but um, if it has to do with the Legion of Superheroes, that would be interesting because they've been teased a lot in a lot of the books recently. But yeah, it'll be kind of interesting to see what the reasons behind all this is. Um, The other story, which is interesting, is like we've talked about like the Marvel podcast before. So we had the first Wolverine one. There's the second one is out now. So they just announced they're doing a third one based on um, Kurt Busiek and Alex Ross's uh, Marvel's uh, story. And then the big headline is that the main, I guess one of the voice cast is um, Method Man, who will be voicing as Ben Yurik. Or Ben Yurik, yeah. Yeah. Um, None of the other names, like, I didn't know offhand, but, like, that's an interesting take on Ben Yurik. I've seen Method Man in movies and stuff. I'm like, I'm actually a fan of the Wu Tang, um, having like been born in Staten Island and stuff. So like, woo, uh, yeah, <laughs> Michelle Wong. Um, I don't know if he's the voice. He okay, Method Man is definitely not the voice in my head for Ben Yur, but those guys, like 
are very famously like super comic book nerds. If you listen to like old school Wu Tang, there's like a bunch of um, there's like stuff about Iron Man and all sorts of stuff. They were like super nerdy. That's why their name, like all their stuff, is off to like old uh, kung fu flicks. Yeah. So after the thirty six chamber is just full of samples of old kung fu moves. It's yeah. Awesome. So like all those guys, there's a lot of those like old school New York kind of rappers that are like that because um, what's his name is also a big comic book guy from Run DMC, uh, DMC Daryl. Uh, he's a big comic book guy too. So it is interesting. I'm glad like this kind of new wave of audio dramas coming back in like a podcast form is like really cool. Yeah. But, and uh, I forget what the new Wolverine, I think it's called uh, winter. If I remember correctly. No, the first one was long, long night. This uh, one is, I have it like on my phone. Yeah. I'm waiting for it to be finished. And then I'm going to just listen to the whole thing. The, the lost trail. Oh, yes. And, and it's fine. You know, uh, there was like one segment in the last episode that delves into like going into Wolverine's memories. And then this big fight kind of happens and it's just very hard to kind of figure out like what's going on. Um, Yeah. And we we talked about it in the first one too. Like the first one ends so like abruptly. Yeah. And this one's like not bad. Uh, they kind of spoil some things within the credits of the podcast because they're like, you know, they list all the different actors and actresses who voice the characters. But uh, then they so also they reveal a character. They reveal like characters who are showing up in the series who haven't been ah, like introduced yet. Oh. So I'm like, oh hey, like this character definitely shows up. This character definitely shows up. Uh, and it's like not bad, you know. I I don't think it's as good as the first Wolverine, uh, so far. But uh, and and but like I think the concept of this is good. My hope was that they would continue with this and doing stuff that wasn't just Wolverine, like I've said in the past. I think yeah, uh, this is like cool. a. Uh, I this, think this is far cool. from Wolverine. Yeah, like I think Ghost Rider would be super cool, but um, and and I'm not like a Marvel's guy. I you know, I've read Kingdom Come. I thought it was okay, but it's like that concept, but for Marvel Comics, like, this didn't really, like, light my world on fire, but I definitely would listen to this. Like, I feel like the character for me that I would love to hear is Jessica Jones. Like, I feel like she's perfect for that noir-type um, radio drama. Yeah, give me, like, yeah. her recordings as she's following a perp or something. Yeah. Or, like, yeah, well, her, her notes. Yeah. My well, like my idea for Moon Knight and Ghost Rider is, you know, since it's an audio drama, it's like you could have Johnny Blaze, you know, be you know one actor and then have his voice modified when Zarathos is talking to him. Mm-hmm. Or oh, say yeah. you could even do the same with like Venom, like all those characters who have like a dual personality type, uh, or like two people within one. Like you can do that in like an audio medium. I feel like in a really cool way. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised they haven't done a Deadpool one with like five different people doing voices. Uh, we've got enough Deadpool. Yeah, I know. Um, Don't give them any. Yeah, I think that's kind of it news-wise. Oh, would you just add here? Uh, the big news uh, today was uh, Marvel announced a couple new books. Uh, some of them I don't think sound very good, like, oh. like oh, Scream this... or Morbius. Uh, but the big book I feel like they announced today was that there's going to be a new Deadpool ongoing with Kelly Thompson writing and Chris Bacalo as the artist. Yeah, I remember we talked about this book because they had he was removed and we just had the image of the throne. 
and that's revealed to be Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's kind of a letdown for me. As we just said, like, there's so much Deadpool out there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'm not, like, a Deadpool guy, uh, per se, but this is probably the most interested I've been in wanting to read a Deadpool comic since uh, Brian Posehn, Jerry Dugan, and Terry Moore did that first arc of Deadpool uh, years ago. Yeah, I actually have all of those on. And uh, and oddly enough, that first arc is uh, Deadpool fighting giant monsters, and <laughs> this big in this first arc is him going fighting to kill the the king of the monsters. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Like I I was kind of hoping that like this big book would be somebody else, but the creative team is good, and like as long as it does something like new, that's interesting. Scream, I could give a shit about. I, you know, I like the new Carnage run. Like, I just picked up Curse of Carnage last week, and it was pretty good. Uh, yeah, have have we talked about Absolute Carnage? Because I'm not reading it, but... I think we, I think we brought it up at one point as a book coming out, and everyone was like, does anybody care? And I guess, Connor, you were on that episode. <laughs> uh, we, yeah. were like, no, we were all like, no. Yes, I will <laughs> always be the one. Um, yeah, no, I picked it up, and it's huge. It's like 60-something pages. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, no, it's it looks really good too. It uh, deals with like Carnage being like it, it deals with uh, the Donny Cates Venom book that ended a while ago, uh, where Brock kind of loses his symbiote, and through some mishaps, he actually finds out he has a son. Um, and this son, he's lying to and saying he's like his older brother, and he's taking him around New York trying to keep him safe while like these otherworldly symbiotes are traveling around and collecting all these other pe- like pieces of DNA to make some bullshit to bring a god back. You know, regular world-ending stuff. Um, but it deals with, like, Carnage's symbiote is possessing like Cletus Cassidy's dead body, and he's... Oh. And yeah, yeah, Carnage's symbiote is going around, like, causing chaos, and it's leading towards, like, uh... uh, uh are they leading to a time, like, when Eddie's gonna take on the Carnage symbiote? Actually, he does, and he loses. Um, oh, he actually wears it? Yeah, he, he manages to get his symbiote back. Venom comes back, like, repaired through some magic mumbo-jumbo. And he teams up with Spider-Man. Um, it's in a really cool panel. Like, uh, Eddie walks up, and he knocks on Peter's door. And uh, Miles is there, and he's like, no, nah, I'm not dealing with it. And he just turns around and walks away. Um, that is actually something I'm surprised they haven't done, is thrown a symbiote at Miles. Just yeah, because. no, he, he literally sees this, and he's like, this is Peter's problem, and he just turns around and, and screams. If yeah, I had the book with me, I'd, I'd take a photo of it. That's but. actually great, because I feel like that would really, like, jack up that character if they did that. Yeah, if they did, like, a symbiote arc for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but they kind of deal with uh, eventually going to go defend uh, the Osborn. Which Osborn's the younger one again? I always forget. Norman? Norman. Harry. 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 They go to defend Harry in prison because he was taken over by the Carnage suit at one point, and he, like, used it to become the Red Goblin, and it drove him insane, and he thinks he's Cassidy, so it ends up with, like, the symbiote, or Carnage, Carnage's symbiote actually leaving his body and taking over um, Harry Osborn and, and creating, like, this new Cletus Cassidy hybrid, and that's where it, like, ends cut frame. Um, oh, wow. It's very cool. I like it. I'll probably at least buy the main arcs. Um, I I do know Miles Morales does get wrapped up into this because there is like a Miles Morales Spider-Man Wrath of Carnage run. Um, So I might actually pick that up and see what they do with it. Okay. I'm going to add one more story because I clicked the um, on there. Mm -hmm. So this is 
weird, but it makes sense because of the parent company. So ESPN <laughs> is doing a, um, a was it uh, basically their sixth season of having college football with doing um, like a three commemorative book covers, or I guess a big game that they have like their I don't know some game. I'm not a college football fan, but I'm a sports <laughs> fan. But like they are putting the Hurricanes and the Gators, which are two teams that suck now. Um, but it's like homages to the Incredible Hulk and Mighty Thor covers. Mm-hmm. It's just interesting that I feel like it's taken a really long time, but now we are actually seeing Disney kind of use one thing they own to help another thing they own. Sports can't be free of superheroing. Yeah, I think it's, I actually wonder, I'm like, I feel like it's actually the the football, like the ESPN side trying to help the comic book side. Because although Marvel's been doing better recently, like it's been winning, like uh, comic book sales in general have like slumped a bit from what I remember. But it is interesting if I cared about either of these teams or college football, they would be interesting because um, they do look funny. Like the covers, they're very old school. Like I was saying before we started recording, I picked up that X worst comic. That's like very nineties retro, which was hilarious with all the ads in it. Um, um, Cause basically isn't like every X book has to tie into like house and power that's coming out. That's from, yeah, from what I've heard, that's how it's supposed to go. All right. I'm sorry, John. What is the thing you just posted here? Uh, I I felt like it was like a little uh, like I know that we were going to stay in, uh, stay away from movie news, but I feel like this was like so kind of big that mm-hmm. I feel like we should probably touch on a couple of these. Is that uh, Disney this week scrapped a bunch of Fox projects? Like uh, a lot, a lot, a lot. So um, of like the ones that weren't scrapped, they're like kind of still on the docket. They're like semi comics related. Uh, like Bob's Burgers movie, Garfield uh, reboot, I guess was in the works. Like uh, Nimona, which was wait, a uh, didn't did we just talk about that Garfield just got sold to Nickelodeon? Yeah, yeah. And so I guess like while Garfield got sold, like there was a planned animated reboot in the works. So that's yeah. the first I've heard of it. But uh, yeah, yeah. Nimona, Nimona was a comic or uh, animated movie based off uh, the Noel Silverstein comic. I really love. Um, and, and there's like a bunch of other stuff here, but like the ones that were, uh, canceled that are, you know, kind of big are Assassin's Creed 2, uh, that was going to happen. I guess. So, uh, the, the, uh, Tika Watiti Flash Gordon movie, Aww. uh, uh he yeah. has a lot on his plate though. Cause totally. But, yeah. and, and that was like one they announced like a couple months ago. Uh, in regards to him, there was, there was actually like questioning him as like that hitler movie he has coming out and they were like debating if they were gonna like distance themselves for for that i think it'll probably be fine since he's not white like it's a weird area to get into but like yeah but he's like dressed as hitler throughout the entire movie but it's like it's making fun of it though it's really funny because every once in a while we have people who show up in our discord and it's like you know Hollywood and just media is just so soft now. Like they would never release like a Mel Brooks movie, which is like I feel like on on the gravestone of like a, a, like all these like people. <laughs> it's like also it's like well you know people like George Carlin couldn't make jokes like George Carlin anymore. I'm like well you know what George Carlin would also just like tell you to like shut the fuck up. But <laughs> that's besides the point. And then like the Jojo Rabbit trailer dropped, and then I did like the SpongeBob meme of like Hollywood not make a movie like Mel Brooks anymore. <laughs> <laughs> there are some movies on this list that i'm confused about like even weirder that they were going to do assassin's creed chronicle 2 yep 
Yeah. Like giant fucking question mark. Well, there's probably good reasons that got canned yeah. recently. I would also would like to know at some point, because like, I, I feel like some of these were either contractual, some of them yeah. might have been on very early planning stages, some of them yeah, might have been like Hitman who knows? Two? Is that a, is it supposed to be a sequel to the first one or the yes. second one? It, the I second mean, it one. says right there, sequel to Hitman. So the first one, not the Agent Forty Seven. It would be the, a sequel yes. to Agent Forty Seven, which was the last one that came out. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then uh, Magic the Gathering. I kind oh, of no, felt like that. There was a remake. Of, they wanted to do a remake of Commando. Yep. <laughs> what? Why? Why? <laughs> I mean, it's a property that they had in their back pocket that they, like, there's a... a oh, oh, I remember uh, this one. John, there's a, yeah, the John McClane origin story. Oh, my oh, God. I remember, no. I remember hearing about that. I mean, like, why does anybody think this is a good idea? God, and that last Die Hard movie was so bad. Like, I... You're I talking like, about the one with uh, Justin Long? Yeah, Good Day to Die in no. Russia or whatever. No, 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 because that was the last one they did. As far no. as I'm, I, I, nope. No, the last, that's the last one they did. No, that's the last one. They oh, did. I see where we're doing a bit here. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, uh, but yeah, I thought Live Free or Die Hard was like not bad, but no, like, Live Free yeah. or Die Hard again, connecting it to the agent to Hitman. It's one of the only font is in that. Um, he, but yeah, I love it. Around the same time, uh, yeah. Mega Man was on the Mega Man. The... That would I don't know because I it's kind of like. They did that Asteroid Boy, Astro Boy movie, what, like a decade ago? Maybe 15 years ago? Yeah, I, you know, I, I, know I love Mega Man. Same, I know it's not the same thing, but like, I feel like it would fall into the same kind of thing. I love Mega Man. I think I could, I like, I think there's a, a really cool way you could do Mega Man. Oh, but... wait, wait, wait. There's two other, there's like two or three other things in here. So, oh, another League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yep. I don't think they're ever going to remake that. Because I think that one, most people have no idea who the characters are <laughs> in it, and they can't do anything close to the or like a real adaptation because it's too fucked up. But the ones that are crazy on here is the Pink Panther, a, a, a another remake of it. Well, I guess it's an animated one. Mm-hmm. Which was, I don't, I don't know anyone who would care about an animated Pink Panther in at least like twenty twenty one. Um, and what about? The Sims. I, okay, I thank you. I was just about to bring that up myself. <laughs> How? Uh, uh, there's a Plato movie here, also. This, so the Plato movie and The Sims, I feel like, are well. They made a leg. They made like three Lego movies or four Lego movies at this yeah. point. Like, can we do this? Oh, uh, The Sims probably would be like you're. You just basically see them living their lives, and then it's gonna be like basically the same as a Lego movie when someone wants, doesn't want to do what they were there born was, to do. There was a reboot of Small Soldiers in here. Wait, what? Yeah, Toy Mageddon. Toy Mageddon. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. Small Soldiers is amazing. Oh, it was going to be directed by Justin Lin? Holy shit, I'm so disappointed. Uh, there was a uh, sequel to uh, Killer Clowns in Outer Space from the original director of Killer Clowns. Oh my god, space. some of these untitled ones are so weird. See, it's like The Great Escape, but with babies. Um, a group of infants hatch a Great Escape plan to break free from their daycare center. Uh, I think that's just uh, Rugrats. I was gonna say yeah. a boss, boss baby. Uh, <laughs> like, boss, boss baby's not. I haven't seen like boss that. baby, but like, wait, this last one directed by Ben Affleck, the true story of the head of security for McDonald's monopoly stealing, uh, winning ticket and selling them to the highest bidder. Uh, yeah, that's that's actually like a story I've heard about. And oh, I've heard like, of that story. That'd be mm-hmm. really interesting. And directed by Affleck, that's kind of would have been a real interesting film. 
But man, some of these are what the oh, fuck dude, were they thinking? You can you can then go like that is just kind of a, a fun little list of some of the bigger names. Then you can go in and just see the names and what they had done and just some of the names like kindergarten heroes. Oh my god. What yeah, well Yeah. Uh all right, well, this is interesting, so why don't we It's a little rabbit hole you could fall down. I think yeah. like there are like one thing I really love about uh like YouTube are like the channels that cover unmade projects and i think that all those channels i followed just had like a heap of like new content they could do for like the next like two or three years where like, information <laughs> yeah. about all these projects just start well, coming out one of my favorite things ever that i watched was the death of superman lives is an yeah. amazing doc um and then the guy passed away like a year or two ago that made that i believe it was last year yeah uh, but um yeah. that that is amazing if you don't know that is it's a doc on the the Superman movie that was Tim Burton starring Nicolas Cage that never happened. And I actually watching it, I was like, oh, this could have really worked. Like, as dumb as it sounds, like actually seeing the special effects stuff, I was like, oh, they were going for something here that we've never seen with Superman. Hmm. Okay. Because um, he had like, um, from what I remember from watching it, they had like five different suits he was going to wear. Five? And, like four or five yeah damn he was gonna wear his regular thing he's gonna get injured he was gonna be put into like a kryptonian like back to tank thing like that like a machine that would repair him so that would be a second suit where it was like all this like glowing stuff and then it eventually returned to the black suit and then he would get like a final suit at the end red uh and they were working like all the stuff that they show like so the first image, like the one that everyone talk, like shows with like Nick Cage is wearing like a blue and like a normal Superman costume. That was going to be the starting point. And they were going to give Superman the mullet that he had in the 90s. Like they were going full force. And so basically Batman and Robin sucking so goddamn hard killed that movie. Um, and they were supposed to do like a Nightwing spinoff too after Batman and Robin. And that oh. Steel movie with Shaq was supposed to also be in the same universe. Christ. Yeah, they were like a legit, like Warner Brothers had like a... DCU being built and that movie Joel Schumacher just destroyed that entire universe. Oh, absolute shame. But also there was lots of other production stuff because that movie went through like seven different writers, um, including Kevin Smith. And then when it finally went to Tim Burton taking over, um, they had a lot of problems because they go into the whole John Peters of it all, which if you don't know about him, you could just listen to anything like Kevin Smith's talked about on like 15 different things his interactions with John Peters, uh, who's like one of the strangest beings in Hollywood. But um, should we talk about House of X and Power of Ten? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and spoilers for people. Yeah, mega spoilers. Oh, for sure. Uh, I would say skip 15 minutes, 20 minutes, if you don't want to hear spoilers. So to say we're going to start with House of X, I would say, because that came out first. Yeah. And that's the more major spoilery one, I would say, too, of the pair. So yeah, it lays the framework. Sure, I would it, just it, say. I mean, it definitely puts into perspective that first issue. Yes, yeah. I think it puts in perspective this entire run as a kind of re. Uh, to me, at least, I read it as a reboot of everything. Mm -hmm. And it, I do think it's an interesting way to kind of explain all the different dumb X stuff that has happened over the several. Like, I guess this entire run in many ways. Yeah, from the, the jump. last, like, 50 years. Yeah. 
And I, I loved I, what Hickman did with it, too. Okay, so it's basically revealed that not only is Moyara McTaggart a mutant, uh, but Moyara McTaggart's mutant power is... What's, what's like, the word for... Like, it's not resurrection. Reincarnation. Yeah. She basically so, gets to live her life exact with all the memories of every previous life from pre-birth like while she's like once she's conceived to the moment of death so she has 12 lives also at this point like give or take uh mm -hmm. and so uh she lives her life like her first life she lives like a full long healthy life like normal life she gets married she has kids blah 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 and then she dies when she's super old yeah and so then her second life starts and it's like you know, in the in and it goes like the way that you would assume like her life would have gone within modern day within you know within the fifties where she uh well and then she it, the main part of it is she realizes that she like it she has the memories and then the idea is that like um try to think of the phrase they use where it's like because she like lived her life already like she's not as in love with her husband. And so, like, that is where the de like the major deviation takes place, is that she does not get married to her husband. And then, I can't remember, the second life is where, so in the first one, she meets Xavier kind of fleetingly, and the second one, she kind of has a better, like, longer meeting with him, but still doesn't really care for it. But it's like a Final Destination thing, where it's like, yes. like, she dies, and then she, like, restarts, like, and she remembers everything while being, like, but like while being inside you know uh, of a pregnant woman mm -hmm. and so they actually show that this is how we have like that original x-men team then like the 90s team and then they show like the um the phoenix force team like they're kind of explaining like oh the reason everything keeps changing is her going back and like choosing different paths mm -hmm. because i'm trying to remember i think the one the her third path her second and a third path is where she finds the cure for mutants. Her and second she's, path. It's a second yeah, path? Second... No. Because, it's a, because and... it's a little bit later. Yeah, sorry. It's like and the, the second path is like when she dies fourth. on the plane. Like, there's something that happens between, like, the fifth... Like, I think it's, like, the fifth or seventh plan. Because, like, there's also the... They, we don't know about her sixth path. And then she yeah, has, her like... sixth path is blank. And there's... I'm looking at the map thing now on my computer. Oh, well, yeah, it's blank because, you know, that's going to be, like, something that's going to be massively revealed some later at some yes. point. Uh, but, like, she basically has, like, this big, you know, conversation while she's, you know, well, you know it's, like, in the timeline where she's uh, discovered the mutant cure, all of her colleagues are killed, and she's basically put a gunpoint by Sabretooth, uh, Mystique, and a still alive destiny, which I feel is, is very important. Uh, yes. Okay, so uh, second life she dies in the plane crash. Her third life is the one where she gets killed by like Destiny and them. Mm -hmm. And so then, De and Destiny basically breaks down like like everything that's like you know that she knows she's lived multiple lives. Like this is her power. Like this is how how many you know resets you have. Yeah. There, she basically says there are two sides of the same coin in many ways. And like They're, Loki, like. Destiny is like one of my favorite mutants, and I'm really glad she showed up in this. Yeah, her design um, is so cool. Yeah. So then after she gets killed there, because they're like, Mystique's like, or they say basically like, make sure like it takes a long time so she knows how bad this death will be. 
And yeah. just incinerates her with pyro. Yeah. Um, <laughs> gnarly. Her fourth life is where she goes and meets. She like jumps early. She still goes to Oxford, but this is when she meets. Like she gets close to Xavier and falls in love with him, and they get married. They have their kid. They establish the school, and then she gets killed by the Sentinels when she's fifty. The fifth life is they create the mutant nation of far away and then are killed. She gets put in a coma from the Sentinels and then the Sentinels then kill everybody on far away. Then we don't know the sixth path. The seventh path is when she joins that like military group and she tries to kill all the Trasks, which then she basically realizes, oh, even if you kill all the Trasks, just someone else will end up making the Sentinels and thus Master Mold will be created. Yeah. The eighth path is Moira rejects Xavier. She joins Magneto. Magneto conquers America. <laughs> and then he ends up, they still, he, she, he gets captured and then Moira's in prison and she gets killed in an escape attempt. Uh, the eighth path, she decides to try to join. She joins Apocalypse and creates her own X-Men. And Apocalypse captures Sinister. And then we don't know how that ends. And then the ninth path, is where we is like the kind of previous path, the like the last one before now, which is like the Genosha stuff. And I guess is she supposed to be fifty two for House of X? So the that's our current path. So to go into power, there's that we have uh, year one of uh, of X Men, year ten, year one hundred, year one thousand, year one thousand, where Nimrod has kind of taken over. And then there's that group of X-Men that are led by Apocalypse. I think we're to assume that the future where Moira teams up with Apocalypse is year 100. Yes, I think you're right. Yeah, I think that's the year 100. And I think because in this new continuity for House of X, she takes Xavier to meet Magneto at year one. So is she like basically tells Xavier from what we saw in the first issue... And, like, it's like, all right, we're going to skip all this shit. You and Magneto are going to do all this. Because then he shares and powers a power of 10. He connects Xavier to all of her memories, a Magneto. And I guess that is our origin for how House of X starts. But, like, on the timeline, yeah, on the timeline, though, it shows as, I'm going to put it in, that they have memories of each. Like, it seems like our current X universe is this her last life and it takes the stuff from genosha and kind of that's it and in this world moira has had her son proteus as well yeah also proteus so we find out that moira is a mutant and she can relive like through reincarnation i think that and then we also look back in the first issue with all of the omega level mutants and of the ones who are not currently on krakoa proteus is not there so I no, feel no, like it's Proteus is there, Legion is oh. not there. Of those of the two Xavier kids, oh. Proteus, Proteus is part of it. Legion is not. Oh, I had it the other way. I thought Legion was on the island. Yeah, I can double stuff. check. Uh let me uh, I'm gonna look it up right now. I'm pretty sure I think I had said it wrong last week, but I'm pretty sure Yeah, because I, I, I think we've had we actually had this exact conversation last week, if I remember, or the week prior. Uh, what else? Um, yeah, and then there's, like, that conversation from, um, Power, where 
Moira, um, no, it's Xavier and Cyclops. It's like 10 years in, uh, into Krakoa. And there's a that discussion about Mother Mold that is basically a sentinel that makes master molds that's being developed in, in space. And that's like what was re- re- referenced in the first issue. So at least that kind of puts into perspective of the time frame in House of X where this case takes place. John, you said it um, last week, I think, because you were looking at issue two ahead of us. And you mentioned that this is one of the stories that uh, as you kind of go through it, you'll be looking in the previous issues and trying to piece things together. And you're 100% right, because now things are starting to line up and the timelines are now starting to uh, merge together. Exactly. Makes sense. Like reading uh, Powers, the first issue, even after the first issue of House makes no sense. And only a little bit, especially for someone like me who's not very familiar with the X-Men and Nimrod and all these names. And now it's all starting to come together and make a bigger picture why they were teasing Master Mold and everything. It's uh, very fun. Yeah. Well, and like the idea of the Mother Mold and it's to make other Master Molds. (laughs) <laughs> it's 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 a plot line out of like a golden age x-men comic you good lou yeah yeah i was just like trying to hear where you guys were at so yeah like when they, when they said that about the mother mold thing i was like oh shit because it's kind of i'm trying to think it ties into what we see with like the human robot stuff so basically like the creation of the mother mold is like creating skynet i think that's the best analogy you can like hope for in that situation because that's because uh in issue two of powers they're like all the human scientists are in space right now built in the giant like sentinel head and they're they're all opposed to each other but they're coming together against the mutants yeah yeah to the point that even in like the uh in the in the issue that came out this week uh cyclops and xavier are talking about like they're like, oh yeah, it's like this scientist conclave, and they they're even just biting their lip, and they like they're in such a position that they're even asking uh, Hydra for help. Yeah. Now, in Powers, the one part that got me super confused, which is probably the same. Way. So when we jump to what is it like year one thousand? Yeah. So this whole Nimbus thing and creating this like I don't I have no, I, I, I don't know I, any I, I I don't get this like it's so yeah, over my I, head. I, I have no idea. I feel like we won't know for at least a couple more issues really how a thousand years in the future really um, affects like everything here. Because I, I think we have a handle on one, ten, and a hundred. Yeah, but it's I, a thousand we still don't know about. And I think yeah, that's look, fine. Looking at Powers of X issue two, I am completely in agreement with you that I think year 100, I would put year 1000 are that apocalypse timeline. So it seems like your 100 and your 1000 are tied in together. Oh, uh, 1000, like the last few panels of uh, that book. Uh, the apocalypse is, is around the same timeline as uh, the mutants that are like the, the Groot looking one, as well as like yeah, he's, uh, yeah. Rasputin. He's in that timeline. Oh, and that one guy is Zorn. We get that confirmed. But the other one... Yeah, who's Zorn? Sorry. Zorn is the one that we talked about that is like... He could, like, at one point he was Magneto when it was Grant Morrison, and then they made it these two brothers, and one has a black hole on his head, or one has a sun. So, but the tree guy, he says some interesting lines, because he says, this body once belonged to a mutant who could communicate with anything. Um, I'm guessing that that is actually Proteus inside of another mutant. 
But like, what mutant could talk to anything? What was that uh, technologic guy? Forge. Uh, Forge. Yeah. Well, Forge like, can Forge's mutant power is he can just like make anything. He can reverse engineer anything. I think. Actually, what what was the how was the way that you described it? Um, that he could communicate with anything. Yes. That's Cipher. Like Cipher. Cipher's whole deal is that he can like he knows like all languages. Like he knows that... binary. He knows every alien language. He knows Braille. Like anything that's a language, like he knows it. So I'm guessing because if it's somebody talking about how this isn't their body. That makes, and with the mention of, like, kind of some teases of Proteus, like, Proteus is like a, I'm trying to, he's like a virus, like, that's his thing. He jumps from body to body. Uh, so, yeah, that actually uh, also makes sense. So it could be Cypher, and then his body is, like, rebuilt, because it's, like, kind of plant-like. Maybe Krakoa, like, have rebuilt it at some point, but it's actually Proteus inside. He could have jumped in Krakoa itself, like, the plants, and then just, like, you oh, know. He, he, oh, that would be really interesting. Oh, and we did find out what exactly... Um, so, what Mystique and Sabertooth stole was information on the mother... Uh, the mother mold. The mother mold. The other timeline, we found out that what they stole was, like, a node for something to find out something An else. index node. Yes. They're looking for Genesis information. I think to restart the cloning of people. I, it's that, or I think they're starting the research towards the final time. Right, which, flipping... which would then tie into 100, where you have, like, all the sinister clones. Yeah, yeah, so I'm looking through House 1. There is a panel, um, I don't know, page 32, um, when they're talking about, like, oh, they put stuff here. It is what appears to be both Zorns sitting next to each other. Really? Both yeah. Zorns? Yeah, some stuff's going on. We still obviously don't have the full picture. Which I thought one of them was that it's that second panel. Because it's the firehead one that we see in year 100. But the other guy's definitely wearing the Zorn mask as well. Yeah, interesting. Oh, uh, that information they were looking for was... Because uh, I'm reading the panel right now after they get into like the flash drive. And the little panel on the, like, the computer screen, it's like Genesis Protocols versions Nimrod. So they could be trying to like find ways to hack inside of like the sentinel program yeah because if you if you look at it it's just like uh the node and a bunch of code and then it's like genesis protocols version uh nimrod yeah okay so they, they... Looking... oh sorry no, no i was just gonna say i finally found the page so yeah um proteus is on Krakoa, and his brother legion is not yeah that's yeah because i remember having this conversation once yeah. before which is interesting because they're like two i don't even like they're Omega, they're Omega they? level, but they're kind of past Omega level. Because Proteus is basically immortal, as long as he has, like, a host to, like, attach himself to. And Legion is... I'm not too sure what Legion's powers are. They're just, like... Everything? Yeah. <laughs> uh, just... And, like, the last time uh, Legion was seen was when Nate Gray came back. And uh, I think it was un it was Uncanny, or...? It was Age of X. Age of uh, X, yeah, okay. Legion Legion's power is that he has, like... He can he can basically like call upon like a, a lot of different power sets, but he has no control over the personalities that the those same... powers are like a, a, a attached to. If okay. you've watched Doom Patrol, he's basically Crazy Jane, except way more powerful. Okay. Think of like Rogue, but except like touching, it's just at any time and random. 
<laughs> Crazy Jane's actually a very apt uh, description. Yeah, because he has absolutely no control, especially like not the TV version is completely different. Like the comic version, each personality has its own power set, but mm-hmm. which one comes out and what they want to do is completely random and independent. Okay. Well, his base, his base self was just like telekinetic. And, yes, uh, but he's like the most powerful telekinetic. Yeah. Being. So, yeah, I don't know. Like it's it got more intriguing with these two issues, and then uh, when I was looking at the reading list, Powers Three comes out next week, and then X House of X Three comes out the week after that. So they flip flop. Uh, yeah. And Question. I, uh, oh, okay. Sorry. No, and I feel like I'm a little bit more. I, Powers, I feel like, is set piece, and House is where you get the payoff at so far. Yes, House is definitely the real story, and then Powers is like, I'm trying to it's think of it, like index. world building? It the, yeah. Yeah. I definitely think you, so, don't need, you don't need to read Powers to, like, really get this story, but it makes, like, it's it a helps. bunch of, it helps. So... so- the year 1000 is where like a little kid is with that little flying drone and yeah, year 100 was the one with apocalypse correct yes so year zero is before the x-men year 10 is x-men year 100 is the apocalypse magneto wolverine zorn the like nightcrawler red guy and the rasputin thing in year 1000 with that's also nimrod with like the humans that's the same year as apocalypse like the Nimrod walking around and he has like the red bald headed woman. Then the that 100? Yes, oh. the year 1000 is when it's like the blue bald headed person and there's like a little fro- floating ghost, like in. Um, uh, I. That's your destiny ghost. The destiny I ghost? Actually, that, that, that is that's, Nimrod. That's year 1000. Yeah, I actually think that's like Apocalypse now. Like with like after like taking over Nimrod with, uh, with those codes. Yeah, that, that, would, that became. Oh. Yeah. That would make a about, lot of sense. Are you talking about Francis Ford Coppola? Mm. Apoc- yeah. Apocalypse now. Yeah. 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 No, no, I, I know what you mean, Ryan. The uh, the bald woman or the bald looking person that looks like a kid. Yeah, the little bald kid. Yeah. But there's they actually show that there's a bunch of these bald people. But yeah, they, Not... they do kind of look like they could be related to Apocalypse with them being blue and stuff. It'd be really funny if they, if one of them was Moira. <laughs> <laughs> she made it. Yeah. Well, basically what Destiny said is she will continuously be immortal unless somebody kills her before her mutant gene activates. So unless she dies when she's like a preteen or before she's... That could be year six. Like she just... Well, no, then she wouldn't be able to resurrect in year seven, eight, nine. Like in life seven, right. eight, nine. So because Destiny's basically like, yeah, you'll get like 10 or 11. But she's like, what do you mean? Like, well, and she basically says that like, yeah, if you get killed before your mutant gene activates and you won't resurrect. Yeah, that makes so, sense. So she's basically a person that can live in tangent universes and has memory of all the tangent universes, but can also create her memory of them allows her to create the like the divergence. I don't know why, but anytime I think about like tangent universes, I always just go back to like Donnie Darko. And it's actually very similar to that in many ways. Like how they're doing Moira's thing. So yeah, is there anything else we want to talk about with house and powers? Besides um... how like mind blowing like and I feel like this is the most Morrison thing that's not written by Morrison. Yeah, I was saying I was gonna say that because it's super heady and surreal. Like it's really oh, asking it... you to, to like take on these esoteric concepts that you don't really know what they're talking about. Like mm-hmm. type one, type two, and type three civilizations. Oh my like, god, reading that stuff, everything. I was just like, I'm I wasn't I don't like 
this is like the science I don't like. I don't like oh, this math. <laughs> it means nothing, and I love it. I love all this just stupid mumbo jumbo. So uh, th- was it confirmed if the Wolverine was Logan, like in year like one thousand, or was that year one hundred? Well, year one hundred. Yeah, because he 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 can reach that long in age, but like he, I don't know, because well, the old it, man it, it Lo- Logan that wasn't that far off. If Magneto is there, how far in the future could this be? Yeah. Well, is that Magneto? They refer to him as that, don't they? No, they don't really say his name. Oh, so it could be just somebody wearing his costume? Mm-hmm. Well, his helmet, because uh, like, it, it does protect from like all kinds of attacks. Hmm. Yeah, you're right. It could be somebody else. It's definitely somebody. He's, he's, it's a man. Yeah, he's not really floating around like Magneto usually does, because he just floats around. He's just like He doesn't usually just stand there. He'll like float or hover like he usually does. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to see. He's not really in this issue that much. No, but he never really speaks either. No, yeah, he doesn't speak in this one. It's all Apocalypse, Wolverine, um, which we get the name for those two characters. They're Cardinal Rasputin, and then the other two were oh yeah, Slibble and Percival. And then, yeah, we get the one they refer to as Zorn, and then the plant guy never gets shown. Yeah, Magneto, or at least he says like one thing. Yeah, they don't really say, and he's not floating around, he's walking. And it appears he has a goatee of some sort, or a beard. Yeah, and the helmet and, like, his costume are, like, a different color than, like, what Magneto had in, like, the earlier panels. They're, he's green. Yeah. So, hmm, he could, yeah, it could be somebody else. I don't know what character would wear his garments. Um, because year 100, that would be, it's, like, 100 years, like, after, like, the basic timeline, right? Well, um, that's something we don't really know. Because we it just was... know that this is, like, year zero, uh, ten, hundred. Ten is when the thousand. X-Men are created in all of them, it seems. So year 100 would be 90 years after that. Because Magneto doesn't really have an like, extended life. The only character that would, like, live that long would be, like, Wolverine. Hmm. Well, he's already, like, a hundred-plus years old in, in mainline. Yeah, I don't think we've seen Under the Helmet to see if it is actually Magneto. No, I feel like that's one of those pivotal moments. Yeah, the somebody re- removing the helmet. Yeah, like turning the camera around and seeing Apocalypse there was, oh, this is interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, of, well, of course, Apocalypse was still going to be around. Because, like, he can't have, like, a big X-Men story and not reference or be, see, like, Apocalypse. It, it could be Moira under the helmet. That's a good point. It could be He's kind, That's kind of, like, buff to be, like, <laughs> Moira. Or it could be Sinister. Sinister... I don't know, because he doesn't usually do facial hair. I'm trying to look back at the first issue and see if there's, like... Yeah. If we see anything. But who knows? I guess we'll just have to wait for the uh, the next issue. Ne- next week's. <laughs> next week's. Mm-hmm. See a, the other side of his helmet. Yeah. It's all shaded okay, out. So in the first issue, we do see a glance. It is a guy with a white mustache and white beard. Okay. That's a lot of people. Yeah, it could be anyone. How old would um, Quicksilver be at this point? That's a good... But he, he really wouldn't wear a cape since it would, like, mess with his, like, speed. Yeah. What is... There's a specific reason why speedsters don't really wear capes. Or he could be, like, Magneto's grandson. It yeah, could be, like... That's, it could maybe be a Pol- lineage thing. Maybe it's Polaris's son, and that's why he's wearing green. That, that, that could be it. That's a lot of sense right there. Whoever it is, is old. Because I would say that that seems to be based on proportions and everything. Definitely Wolverine. Well, I think who said it was Franklin Richards last? Because that's still oh yeah, maybe John said that. Yeah, I think John said. Uh, well, I said that he he's someone who can manipulate you know time and space. 
and he is like also supplanted as like you know being brought up within that fantastic horror scene and that you know that's like Chekhov's yeah. gun you, you know you don't you don't leave a Franklin Franklin Richards on the table unless you're going to use him mm-hmm. yeah and it's basically known in all things that Franklin's also someone that's kind of immortal in many ways because he's always like the last living being of the universe in like most things when they go like super far into the future so yeah it'll be interesting to see like what they end up doing um connor did you want to talk about um last night issue two yeah man i i have no idea what the fuck the ending meant um i don't i don't have the book in front of me and uh oh oh, no not to power to uh, last night on earth the The batman black label book where it's uh, like the um, the batman label book Yes. Mad Max, but Batman. Yes, because there was yeah, like Mad a... Bat. Capullo and Snyder teamed up once more. One of my favorite uh, crews. Um, yeah. yeah, so it kind of deals with Batman searching for Superman, obviously, and he goes to the Fortress of Solitude and he finds well, not Superman. Well, kind of Superman. He finds a lot of Superman, actually. Yeah, it's all of the robots that Superman built to kind of like help stuff, but they are also doing a bunch of other interesting things like because it all starts with the whole joe chill thing and it, it appears to be a dream or something like that mm-hmm. and then we see the flashes are like this crazy tornado of the four oh so yeah barry speed wally force. bart and jay are like in this like trapped speed force tornado and anything it touches like instantly dies and then as they're kind of flying through like the us we see it's like a Captain Atom base, but everybody in it is dressed like the, the unknown soldier, and then they're fighting all, like, unmen. Mm-hmm. Um, they call them animal men, but they're definitely, like, unmen from um, Arcane. And we get more. We see, like, there's, like, a swamp thing that's all jacked up. Oh, yeah, he takes out those people. No problem. We see the Bane and Scarecrow Master Blaster. <laughs> yeah, tag team. They tag team uh, Alfred Pennyworth. Yeah. So what, we, what is revealed in that is that whoever's in charge of everything has augmented like all of the villains. And then we get shown his name is Omega, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's somebody in some sort of a bat suit. We have no idea what it is. He doesn't speak. Um, but everyone's like scared shitless of him. And I'm trying to scroll through the end because... Yeah, Batman goes into the underworld with Wonder Woman, and he sees Alfred. I don't see where you were talking about uh, Dick Grayson. Uh, it's at the end. end. Like, it's uh, the last panel when they pull the thing off. It's like, instead of the Court of the Owls, it's... Oh, yes, yes, when they finally get to Gotham. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only city left. The Court of the Owls, yeah, it's Dick Grayson. And I guess the Court of the Owls are like, or like the, what are they called? The Talons are like, they're Gestapo? Yeah, they're like the secret. And the head of them is Dick Grayson. And that's like the end reveal. Well, there's only one more issue, so hopefully yeah. we'll get some sort of closure. So yeah, it's either implying that this Omega is either Damien or it's like another clone of Bruce that's like even more fucked up. Or maybe it is just original Bruce. Yeah, they... they... But the Omega thing always leads to dark side stuff, so... It might have something to do with like a dark seed-possessed Bruce or something, because the only person to about Bruce's death so far has been uh, Wonder Woman. And she was like, mm-hmm. you just got ripped up. You got ripped to, ripped to shreds, which, like, for Batman, that doesn't seem... It seems fishy. But, you yeah. know, it could be that's just what happened. He got caught off guard, which... Yeah, because it's not happened. the normal, like, 
dark side it's like kind of bat like so it'll be interesting to see like maybe it's bruce got the like took over the power of some of the new gods because the way omega looks he has like there's definitely some new godness to him well yeah he's got like those cool future lines cave mm-hmm. it's all it's all one imposing figure yeah so it'll be interesting so this will be the first black label book to end i believe because i think damned has like one more issue or maybe well, two uh white knight it ended oh yeah that's true white knight. i keep forgetting that that was a uh black label yeah i didn't realize that till i picked up the hardcover yeah and then just... which the second one the i think the first issue of the i uh, the second one came out it was I pretty good finished it i'm like halfway through it so and that's teasing like that earth's version of asriel which oh, is cool. one of my yeah, like yeah uh, I, I have a soft yeah i have a soft spot for asriel but at one point, there's a giant naked homeless man running around, which is always fun. But um, they're on that black label. I think we can move on. So we're gonna do something new tonight. So we're gonna have a, I don't know, I guess like a comic book, like geek, uh, like a comic book debate or geek debate, nerd debate. Yeah, a nerd debate. So it's a debate. It's, all debates are pretty nerdy. So we're gonna go like total high school debate club rules, and so. I came up with the question, so I'm this week's moderator. Everyone's going. I don't know what Ryan is doing. He's battling someone. So taking us to the store. You're like, I don't even want to be a part of this. I'm driving away. (laughs) That's that's funny because I'm actually in the car right now. (laughs) Yeah, we can can hear you, man. I'll Um, leave you myself then. Just give me like five minutes. All right. So, um, basically, to go over it while Ryan's doing whatever. Everybody's going to get 30 seconds. Um, I'll give it 30 seconds to a minute to kind of uh, give their answer and why. And we'll go around. Uh, I guess this time we'll have Ryan be last. And then we'll kind of give it up to kind of everybody talk about each other's, why theirs is better, why they like to go after kind of everybody else's argument, kind of debate style. Then I'll ask, you know, any questions I have, and then I will render a decision. And then we can kind of talk about it after and give some other answers that we didn't think were as good. So does anybody, John or Connor, do you want to go first? Preference? Uh, I mean, like, I can go first, because I just thought it's off the top of my head. Because um, okay. originally, like, my pick was going to be Kid Eternity for Teen Titan. Because... Oh, yeah, I guess I, I didn't give the question yet. So the question is, oh. uh, uh, who would you swap out from any comic book thing onto a team uh, it could be from another company. It doesn't matter, except for Avengers and Justice League, because basically everybody's on those. And why? So uh, one character and one character out. Uh, I don't. I don't really care who you take off the Teen Titans because I feel like there's like like a uh, Kid Devil. You know, any of those like kind of like losery like second tier or third tier Teen Titans, uh, and you put on Kid Eternity because he's a kid who is uh, like called a Kid Eternity on a, on a team called. Teen Titan. I, I, I just find that concept is really funny. But then I like realized that Kate Attorney was on a really bad run of Teen Titans. So oh, I feel like that's uh, I feel like that's a disqualification. Uh, so instead, uh, my pick would be uh, Batman on the Shadow Pack. Uh, the Shadow Pack hmm. are the DC like magicians and sorcerers and people who like solve like mysteries through magic and so that team is you know is historically uh nightshade zatanna black briar thorn blue devil 
um, Detective Chimp. Uh, so um, I would swap out Detective Chimp for Batman because even though I feel like the the the, the very big plus of Detective Chimp is he is a world class detective while also being uh, a chimpanzee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think it'd be fun to have Batman on that team because Batman is a guy who doesn't deal with magic. It, like unless he's like talking to Zatanna because like I'm also like one of those guys that that signs up to the ship of Zatanna and Batman. Um, at least as like very good childhood friends who grew up to be both uh, costume crime fighters. It just so happens one is the world's greatest detective and the other one is uh, a stage magician. Uh, and I think it's like funny because like the idea of, you know, like I don't necessarily like also believe in that idea of that Justice League dark movie where Batman doesn't believe in magic uh, because like he's a sensible guy and he has to be the straight man within the movie, you know, because it's like he's friends with aliens, he's fought angels. His, you know, again, his childhood friend is a magician. So it's like the idea of magic is not a complete unknown to him, but it's not the world that he lives in. So I think it, like him trying to solve crimes that are magic and base, along with uh, other magic users, like is kind of an interesting. Thing. All right. So I would say that's time. So Connor, since Ryan's not back yet, you can go next. And okay. so. John got about two minutes, so you'll have two minutes to give your team. I actually do exactly kind of what John did, give some backstory on the teams okay, and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, whenever you're ready. Okay, so uh, my choice was immediately to try and pull someone from another comic book series or universe to a different one, just because I like the transplant idea. Um, and I'm trying to catch up on, like, the Defenders. I picked up, like, a bunch of Luke Cage and Iron Fist stuff just because it was on sale on Comicology a while ago. And I haven't had a chance to rip into it, but well, I, I've I've looked into it a bit. But I, I like the idea. Sorry, I like the idea of the defenders, like these people that take care of the smaller stuff, like the the criminal stuff. I I, I don't mean like the Avengers don't or the single superheroes don't, but like the more organized mob fighting stuff, the more ninja stuff, like that. So I'd like to take somebody who's uh, like the more brutish aspect, like Luke Cage, uh, along with somebody a bit more smart assy. Um, that you don't really see on that team. So I want to take Hellboy straight from Hellboy uh, before he goes kind of esoteric and godly uh, and rip him like straight out of the 90s and put him into like one day Marvel and see him like freak out at how casual people are uh, around monsters and everything because that was the kind of big deal with uh, with Hellboy at the time because there aren't a lot of monsters. So when people see Hellboy, it's like, oh shit, this is a big deal. Now you kind of walk down the street and there's aliens, there's this in humans, New York is always under attack. You know, it's it's a whole different world. So I like the idea of like a fish out of water and plopped in uh, somewhere different and, and still helping to like solve crimes. And you can have Hellboy team up with uh, Nathaniel Hellstrom, who is a literal Hellboy. <laughs> and then you can get something like a like uh, the thing to come by and just kind of round out the big, tall, uh, like orange colored people. All right. So just for clarity. Who would be on your team of defenders with Hellboy? Okay, like, sorry. Because normally I would say historically what the the defenders would be Daredevil, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and then some combination of like Jessica Jones, uh, the Daughters of the Dragon, so like Misty Knight and uh, Colleen Wing. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else would be part of it? Like like Elektra, uh, um, 
I think Thing has been with them. Hulk has been with them. Yeah. I think She-Hulk has been with them. God um, damn, Angel's been on the Defenders, so. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's right. Wasn't Iceman a Defender, too? Wait, I'm thinking Why of not? Champions. I'm thinking of Champions. That's Champions. like Hercules think... and Ghost Rider and Angel and Iceman. Okay, okay. that sounds pretty cool. Oh, that, that book sucks. Yeah. So oh, with Hellboy, sorry. who would be your team, specifically? Yeah, so it'd be kind of just the, uh, the core Avengers or defenders story i should say like the the netflix one so like uh luke cage iron fist jessica jones daredevil and uh a giant red man named hellboy all right uh all right so ryan you will have about two minutes so um so who is uh who are you doing and who is on your team and kind of give backstories of both and then why uh for that 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 came kind of hard Uh, i was always thinking of adding like as an example, Spawn to, I don't know, the Justice League. That, that, that's kind of mainstream, though. So probably, uh, like, Doctor Strange's uh, Sanctum Sectorum, just to see that interaction. I'm very curious to see how, like, a god... So like the, yeah. Like the Midnight Suns kind of thing, team? Yeah. Okay. Just so... watching, like, Doctor Strange go to, like, the Underworld for, like, a, just a regular mission, and just Spawn's just there, just... Just knowing the way, it's it's kind of hard to explain how I had it in my head. I had meant to get so nipped, but I didn't have enough time. Do you have Doctor Strange and Spawn's universe, or the other way around? Uh, Spawn going to the Marvel universe. Okay, so like, say like, if it's the Midnight Suns on the team, would be like normally Midnight Suns is what like Doctor Strange, Ghost Rider, Blade, Morbius. I'm trying to think who else has been on it in the past. Uh, probably probably Damon Hellstrom. Yeah, Damon yeah. Hellstrom. Um. I don't, was his sister or um, no Elsa Bloodstone? I only know that because I've been playing Ultimate Alliance three. Uh, there's like <laughs> what is it? Jennifer Kale, War, uh, Werewolf by Night, uh, Jack Jack Russell. Yes, it's basically Marvel's version of like Justice League Dark or what was the team name that you said before? Sean? Shadow Pack. Shadow Pack, which is basically God. what became Justice League Dark. I love the Midnight Suns. I really wish like someone would kind of revisit Midnight Suns. By the way, but yeah, that that's besides the. Oh, and uh, brother, brother Voodoo has been part of that team too. Yeah, him and uh, Scarlet Witch have been together. I don't think they call him that anymore. So, who would be on the team with Spawn? Like, I guess who would be like the three or four other people? Uh, it would be mostly those angelic characters. So, like Ghost Rider would be one. Uh, Nathan, uh, son of Satan, would be on there. Uh, a bunch of characters that would like give that weird interaction, like very awkward silence of what, like we've been to hell before. Kind of like a, uh, like we, I, we know what you're uh, going like through. A, like a, yeah. um, oh, oh my god, uh, uh, oh my god, why am I blanking our name right now? Uh, yeah, I keep blanking Coloss- out. Colossus's sister. Oh, magic. oh, a witch. Magic. Oh, yeah, magic. magic. Yeah, Jeez. yeah. God, if, if yeah, magic's part of my new uh, Midnight Sun. <laughs> All right, so the t- the basic so the switches are, John. You had Batman on. I just forgot the name again. Shadow Pack. Shadow Pack. Connor, you had Hellboy with the Defenders. And Ryan, you had Spawn with the I say Midnight Suns. Yeah, it was going to go with uh, Johns originally because I wanted to see him with Etrigan, but that was too similar, so I went with Marvel. All right. So now, I guess, among yourselves, and I'll listen, kind of say why you think yours is better than the others and what problems you have with the other the other people's stuff. Wait a minute. Hmm. <laughs> I, I I'm sorry. In this case, like I don't know other people well enough. Like I know Spawn, and I know. Okay. So I guess I will ask a question. So 
specifically, John, do you, I don't want to come off like really harsh, but like as someone I love Batman, I feel like he's a little bit pedestrian to pick as a character on a team since he's been on so many teams. I mean, sure. And like, I honestly could have picked uh, the elongated man or uh, the question, which I think the question may have been like maybe a better kind of pick, but like, I'm trying to sell a book here. And, uh, and, oh, like, that's actually a great name for this. Like, sell me this book. And so, like, yeah. unfortunately, and unfortunately, like putting an elongated man on the shadow pack, it's not gonna like necessarily light the world on fire. Uh, I feel like you know, you know, automatically you get the characterization of Batman, so you can write a book with the shadow pack and and do a little bit more introductory parts for those characters. Uh, you know, to engage an audience like with them because you already know Batman. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I think he also, you know, having the tie to Zatanna and like Zatanna being like the one person he knows, like on the team, it's like his, like that's the real connection he has to that team. Um, yeah. And it would and, be and interesting he... to see like a Constantine come in and be like kind of like kind of hurt because Bruce can be like another guy that she's been with. So it's kind of that love triangle thing, as well as the fact, I think in most things they have Zatara taught Bruce a lot of stuff, which is how they met and like gave him kind of his knowledge of the dark arts and that kind of side of the world. Hmm. So um, that would be interesting. So Connor, Hellboy with Defenders. So in your version, he's literally just walking around the Hell's Kitchen and the Harlem with them. Um, Isn't he kind of a little OP for most of the guys that the Defenders fight? Uh, I not guess really. It... He's just like a, he's got a good punch. That's it, man. Like, that's, that's his whole thing is he has to, in the, in his comics, he has to claim his father's power before and become this big, massive demon and, and destroy the world. But he keeps throwing that away. And like, he, he's good with a sword. He finds out later, but he mostly just like spends time punching things and using a giant revolver to miss every shot. Um, so I think he's, if anything, he might be not powerful to go with the defenders i do think it would be interesting to see him specifically like um with like daredevil like in my head like he kind of is like if it was him luke cage daredevil and iron fist he's like it would be funny to watch him like fight ninjas (laughs) if if i've learned anything from death battles on is incredibly powerful like stupidly powerful who is spawn oh yeah spawn is like well What's funny is if you like look at that team, um, Spawn and Ghost Rider have lots of similar similar things. It's like both guys who made this deal with the devil and chains. have this the chains and power and be super nineties. <laughs> like I feel like that would actually be a hilariously like nineties throwback book with like him and Ghost Rider, as basically they're very similar characters. Um but I'm trying like the my biggest thing is like I guess is Al Simmons and like Spawn a little too boring of a character like to not his power set but to be kind of like hanging around like i feel like maybe i don't I haven't read enough spawn um which is next to nothing but like i feel like he's almost like he's almost a ghostwriter stand-in in many ways like what would he bring to the table besides just like his power set ryan to like that team did my computer freeze no i hear sorry you. sorry <laughs> I, I, I myself <laughs> everybody was muted and i was just like oh oh no that's um, oh, maybe we lost Ryan. So, I would say... Disqualified! Big on! I would say just the the one that immediately got my attention 
the quickest was actually Connor's because oh, it was the most like fish out of water. But argument wise, um, well, is it is it a fish out of water because because I I like I took it. Well, you're as both. We you're both. Tried, but no, I I tried taking it as characters within the same universe while he took a character from a different company into a different company. Yeah. Um. It could have been any of those things. Um, I to me, I thought too small. Yeah, like I, I actually think what you know, my I would say the winner for me is Connor, but it's mostly because John, your I pick think, is you, your you pick. It makes five? so much. <laughs> yeah, so, man, I, I, yeah, I sent him a digital five. Yeah, your pick makes so much sense, Con or John, that I'm like. How is that book not actually? I gave it five years before it's a book, you know? Yeah. I, thought that, I thought that was the point. That was, <laughs> and you know what? I would give it to John for that. That was hoisted yeah. by my own petard. Uh, you, which is, you went what's, too, got too my good. What's my petard's been hoisted. The, what's funny is my, this original question when I was thinking about it, my thought was a combination of your two ideas, both of you. Because my thought was to have Hellboy on the Justice League Dark. Oh, shit, really? Yes, and okay. how interesting it would be to have him be there instead of like um fucking blue devil. Yeah, like instead of a blue devil or instead of who else is somebody they have there that's kind of like muscle. Not uh, not swamp thing. Blue devil's like the the I would actually say oh. like instead, instead of Constantine actually like he would be interesting as the kind of like guide the guide to walk through stuff like he knows spells and everything so like he would be an interesting and he's also a smart ass so <laughs> he would be an interesting guy to kind of lead them, like show up and like try to run them like BPRD style. Um, and like my idea was like him, Zatanna, like a swamp thing and like a detective chimp. And just like him constantly being like looking at swamp thing and going like, because it could have been worse. Like <laughs> it, could, it, it could be worse. And just like him and detective chimp going at like going at it. Um, so yeah, like I don't know, like Spawn was like I I guess I thought of those two characters, both Hellboy and Spawn, and like the horror teams on at both companies, the big two. I just prefer the team at DC a little bit better, the Justice League Dark uh, team over the Midnight Suns. Um, but there is definitely like a lot of interesting ways to go. Did you guys have any other like swap outs that you had thought of, or no? Okay. Yeah, no, that was that was pretty much like the best I could do with. Yeah, I was trying to think of like I had a couple other ones I thought were interesting, um, but now I, I lost them. <laughs> oh, uh, who the fuck was it? It was somebody on the Guardians, and I can't remember who it was. Add Scott Pilgrim to the Guardians. <laughs> Just uh, it was somebody. From, I was, it was somebody from DC, and I can't remember who. Like some space person. Got add Steven Seal to Teen Titans because they need that kind of sass. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Someone so. Connor, it is up to you to come up with another kind of of a de debate topic for next okay. time. Okay, all right. And I will write down. So you are one and zero. Oh. One and zero. Oh. All right. Uh, Go me. Start that strong. You're the champion. So first, I think, yeah, you are the inaugural champion. So I think that just about does it for us. So we want to do a quick round of plugs before we head out. Yeah, sure. I'll I'll start this off. Uh, you can find me on Instagram. I'm at maybe Connor. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Question Connor. And if you want to find my writings, sometimes I post them online at thelostharrow.wordpress.com, uh, where we uh, where other people who sometimes are on the show, like Alan or uh, Lou. I think you've posted there before too. So yes, uh, everybody's kind of had their fingers in the pot mostly. 
Um, and yeah, that's it. John, you want to go next? Yeah, uh, you can find me at uh, John, J-O-H-N underscore F-N underscore Siler, S-E-I-L-E-R uh, on Twitter and Instagram where I talk about my work shit or cartoons I'm watching or me being frustrated with Overwatch. Uh, <laughs> that's about it. All right. And you can check out the, some of the other shows. So you have Smallville Chronicles. We have one more episode till we're done with season four. And yep. And check out the Phantom Zone Prime shows. The, we've been watching Legion and reviewing that, which is one of the craziest fucking shows in existence. <laughs> um, the next one we're going to do, uh, Jason Manzukis was on episode, I think, six. Like the entire thing, which was fucking crazy. Are you talking about Hate Nong Man? On what? Uh, it's like a comedy bang bang thing. Oh, I like I mostly know him from the How Did This Get Made, which they make a couple of references to in the episode, which is hilarious. Right. Um, and then yeah, check out and then you have Legion of Tunes. That's part of Los Haro, so go to losharo.wordpress.com. Check out all the stuff. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and for God's sakes, tell a friend. And we will catch you guys next time. Adios. I love you. Don't let the door hit you or the good lord split you. Welcome to the Phantom Zone.